Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Badass Mindset Podcast with me, Jason Lee. Hit that subscribe button now so that you never miss another episode and follow me over on Instagram at the underscore jason.lee. That's the underscore jason.lee. And we're going to dive straight in now to today's topic, which is the questions we ask ourselves. Now, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. So you'll hear me get a little bit overexcited at times with this because it's something I'm really passionate about. Because the quality of our the quality of our life is completely dependent on the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves on a consistent basis. So let me say that again. The quality of your life is completely determined by the quality of the questions that you ask yourself on a consistent basis. So when you think about this, it's so important, you know, your self-talk, the things that you ask yourself, the, the way that you approach a situation, the way that you recover from conflict or from arguments, disagreements, and the way that we process information, it all comes into this narrative And this narrative is centered around how we approach something and then how we come away from something with a specific viewpoint. So, for example, if I say you've had the the shittiest day at work, you know, everything that could have got, you know, the photocopier broke, um, you know, the accounting people got lots of information wrong, you know, you had some crappy people on the phone complaining to you, you know, you went to make your lunch and, you know, you put your soup in the microwave and boom, it just exploded all over the microwave. Ah, shit. And then, you know, you went to get some more lunch from the supermarket and on the way there, you know, your car broke down and then when you got there, they didn't have what you wanted for lunch and then you was late back to the office and you got told off. You know, you've just had the worst day ever, you know, and you get home, you're just glad to put your feet up, right? So a lot of people, and this will happen to all of us, and it always, you know, this has happened to every single person and you always do it, you know, it's just a natural thing. You say, what a shitty day. Why did that have to happen to me? Why did that have to happen to me? That is one of the most asked questions, or self-asked questions, that we say. And you'll know these people, these people that, and you might be one of them, that say, oh, you know, this shit always happens to me. Why is it always me? Why does this always happen to me? And that is the type of rhetoric, the type of self-question that you keep asking yourself. And what it does is it transitions the way that you're looking at life into feeling as if something is always going to happen. So when you say, why does this always happen to me? Your brain is looking for an answer because your brain is only designed to do one thing, right? And that's keep you alive. That's all it's designed to do. It's designed to keep you alive, keep you breathing, you know, so it wants to keep you safe. So when you ask it a question, A simple question. If I jump out of this 50-foot tree, will I die? Yes. That's the answer it's going to give you. Yes. You know, if I take this knife and plunge it into my head, will I die? Yes. This is the answer it's going to give you to that. So, you know, it's designed to keep you alive. And that's because historically, obviously, uh, as a species, you know, 
way back when, you know, we, we were hunting in, in small groups. There were maybe other tribes. There were animals that could kill us, you know, like, you know, bears, tigers, uh, and the sort. And, and, you know, you'd have to be on your guard constantly. So evolutionary speaking, so, you know, we've adapted as a species to the point of which we don't really have any, you know, we don't have any predators. We don't really have any fears on a day-to-day basis. If you're, you know, you're living a normal everyday life, um, you know, you don't really have the fear of dying often, but your brain is still programmed. You know, it's old hardware operating, uh, you know, a new software system, so to speak. So, you know, and that's basically the way the brain is, you know, it, it's it's stuck still in that old evolutionary process of, you know, must stay alive, must stay breathing, must keep you safe. So if that's all it's caring about, if that's all it's looking about, it's constantly processing pieces of information on a like minute by minute second nanosecond by nanosecond basis to give you only the relevant pieces that you need but when you ask yourself a question it has to answer it so if for example what color is a sky how old are you what color is grass you know Blue, you said your age, green, you know, those questions your brain had to, no matter how hard, no matter how hard you try not to, what's your name? Don't answer it. Don't answer that. You can't help it. You can't help it because your brain wants to answer questions. It wants to know answers because it needs to understand and process information that it's being asked to determine whether or not the thing it's being asked is a life or death question. You know, hang on, I need to think about this because if I get this wrong, you could die. That's that's how it goes. That's how it works. And so as a narrative, you know, if we're asking ourselves on a consistent basis, why does this always happen to me? Your brain is wiring itself to expect the same results. So it's wiring itself it's teaching itself. It's making neural pathways, you know, in the brain to expect something to go wrong because you keep asking yourself why things go wrong. And so it's a catch-22, right? It's, it's kind of like you can't break the pattern until you break the pattern. You can't stop it happening until you literally stop asking yourself that question. However, the way we can get around this, the way we can stop our brain from looking for those same mistakes, those same patterns of life, do you know? Because you will find that in life, patterns emerge, yeah? You go through the same experience. It doesn't, I, I don't, it doesn't matter where you are in your life. You know, I remember when, so when I was living with my parents, um, you know, in, in their the house, the house I grew up in, there was a lot of neighbors had dogs, right? And they would bark all day long. And I was just like, for fuck's sake. You know, it was constant. It was literally all day, all night, three or four, it was like a little yappy dog. And then there was like a Labrador with a massive woof, you know, and it was like constant all day. And I remember when I was moving to Canada, right? And this was back in 2015. I was moving to Canada. I was like, oh, Oh no, no barking dogs! Oh no, barking dogs! Oh, that's gonna be so good, you know. And a lot of the neighbors that I was around, you know, they played the music nonstop, and they, and they were, 
you know, shouting a lot. And it was kind of like, uh, it was a bit of a, a rough neighborhood. And, and the people would would talk to each other in a way of which, you know, was a bit yeah, shouty and, and not very, um, you know, positive. And I remember thinking like, you know, oh, to get away from that, oh, it's just going to be bliss. And so obviously when I arrived in Canada, um, the first, I lived in a few different places and the first house I lived in, obviously we, I, you know, rented the basement, basically basement suite of a house. Um, and obviously the family that lived there, what did they do? They shouted at each other all day long. You know, the kids screamed, uh, they shouted all the time. I mean, it was literally like the bedroom had no windows, so it was dark, uh, you know, completely, and you'd be woken up by these screaming kids, and you'd just be like, oh, my God, I thought I was escaping this. You know, and you moved to another house after that. And what what was that house? I mean, you know, it was okay, but it was above a cafe, right? And the cafe opened at 6 a.m., and what did the people who run the cafe do at 6am? They put their music on. And obviously, at 6am, you'd have Beyonce, you know, shaking a tail feather to, you know, my single ladies. And then there was a dog next door, which would start barking at around half past 6am. And so I was just like, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter where you live in the world. This shit is just going to follow me. And it, and it did. It did, because I was looking to escape something. I was asking myself the wrong questions. I was like, oh, I can't wait to escape barking dogs and screaming kids and loud music all day. And then what did I get? I got the same thing, you know, six, seven, eight thousand miles across the world, you know, from Hull to Vancouver. And literally the same patterns emerged, the exact same patterns emerged. And I don't believe in coincidences. I think, you know, things happen a certain way and they couldn't have happened any other way. And that's the way, you know, I look at life. And I think everything is a lesson. Everything comes into your life to teach you something. And everything that happens that you experience is for your benefit, for your growth, and for you to experience life through the eyes of you in the future. You know, looking back to say, I had to go through this. Because this got me to where I am now. If I hadn't have had these experiences, I wouldn't have learned the things I've learned to become the person I am today. And so that is how you've got to approach the bad days at work, you know, and all the questions you want to ask yourself around how a certain things happen. Is You want to be asking yourself empowering questions, right? You want to flip the script. You need to go from asking yourself, why does this always happen to me? To asking yourself, what can I learn from this happening? What is, what am I, what is the universe trying to teach me? You know, why does this keep happening or showing up? What, what can I learn from this? You know, you need to start maybe looking at flipping the question instead of like, why is it happening to me? So, you know, what good can I learn from this experience? What opportunities? Do I need to look at maybe, you know, if you I keep, ha- you keep having a shit day at work, you know, every day for a month, maybe, maybe something is trying to tell you, hey, you need to change your job, right? You need to be happy in your work because you're going to turn up here every single day, 300 and something days a year, right? And if you stay there for your entire life, for 30, 40, 50, 60 years of working life, you are going to experience this exact same feeling, this exact same thing every single day. So 
here's a month of shitty days to show you what that would look like. And maybe, you know, that's trying to teach you, this isn't for me. I need to look at something better. I need to change my circumstances. And so when you're looking at questions to ask yourself, instead of trying to maybe look at the questions in a way of which, you know, is the, the rhetoric is negative. The rhetoric is, why is it happening to me? Why is this always my fault? You know, that's another thing people do. Is they, they always say, oh, why is this always my fault? You know, they look to blame or attach to a feeling. You know, they attach a feeling to a, a situation, a scenario, instead of just accepting. Because when we expect and accept, we come to understand what something really is. So when you expect that something should be a certain way, and you accept that it is a certain way, then what you're doing is you're teaching your brain to look for the patterns. You're teaching your brain to look at the way that something, you know, comes into your life. You know, I expect to have a great day today. But I accept the day might not go as good as I expected it to. So what you're doing is you're allowing yourself to be open to the present moment, right? You're allowing yourself to say, you know what, today might not go great. I expect it to go great, but I accept that if it doesn't, that's okay. Because it will be teaching me something. I will be learning something from this. You know, you've got to ask yourself, in a negative situation or in a situation, right? Any situation in life, we only... Our emotions towards that situation create our memory of that situation. So say some something happens and you should be expected to look at that, oh man, that was that was pretty shit, you know, that was a really bad situation. But if, if you can look at a situation and flip it and take a positive from it, right? You can take a positive, even a neutral stance on something. I'm not saying you have to, you know something really shitty does happen, you know, I'm not saying don't acknowledge it, I'm not saying don't expect, you know, don't don't accept the feelings that come from it, but what I'm saying is maybe try and adopt a neutral ground, you know, whatever it is, you know, maybe try and look at it and say, you know, what, what could I learn from this situation happening, because, you know, this, this is something that should be bad, you know, I, sh- I should be upset, I maybe I should be a little bit um, you know, upset about what's happened. But if you can turn the script into something that allows you to learn something, then you are teaching yourself to empower yourself to be able to program your brain to make new neural pathways to stop asking negative questions. So if you ask yourself something empowering, you're teaching your brain to look for the good in every situation. And when you can find the good in every situation, you will find a more balanced, a more perspective on, on everyday life, you know? You know, that, that horrible day you had at work where, you know, um, your lunch spilt over the microwave and, and your car broke down. You know, maybe I was just trying to tell you, hey, you know what? This wouldn't happen if you would have applied for that job that you said, nah, I'm just not good enough for that job. You know that job that, that you 
thought about applying to, you know, the application was sat there, you filled in the form, and then you just didn't press send. You know, maybe it was telling you, hey, go home, when you get home today, you press send, you send that form, and you won't have to put up with this. This is telling you, you know, I another example from my life, I mean, I'd already made the decision, everything was already in play, but when I look now and I think, my God, like, everything was pointing towards don't do this and it was when I was um actually coming home from Canada I was leaving uh, I'd been there seven months and you know me and my partner we were leaving Canada to come back to the UK and and we was in Banff at the time and we had to get an overnight coach from Banff to Vancouver which was 14 hours so through the Rocky Mountains through the night and then we'd arrive in Vancouver uh, the following morning, and then we'd have all day to wait, at the, you know, get from the train station to the airport, and then we'd have all day to wait in the airport, and then we'd take a 10-hour flight home, and then that would take us to London, and then it was like a, an overnight stay in London, and then it was a six-hour drive up from London to Yorkshire, where I live. And, you know, the whole journey basically took three days and what part of me thought, oh, this is just going to be seamless. I have no idea. But if I describe to you basically the events that happened, so leaving the hotel in Banff, um, we discovered that the room had bed bugs. So all of our, like, you know, my skin was, was covered in, in marks. Uh, we had all day out of the hotel until the evening where we went to catch the bus, which almost didn't let us on because they basically were, the, the bus was full of um, what you'd call, you know, season workers in, in Canada. So they had, you know, like, well, maybe they'd been working at ski resorts and, and whatnot. So they were all like smoking dope and they were really loud and they were, you know, swearing and there was crazy, you know, like just, you know, being young, I guess, but they were, you know, this is at like 1am and, and, you know, they're, they're going crazy and, you know, we almost didn't get on the coach and then we almost didn't get sat together. And when we did get on the coach, we had these two guys behind us. Um, you know, I think they were um, Indian, I think. Uh, and they, they were praying for the full 14 hours. They were sat behind us praying for the full 14 hours. I mean, obviously, I have no idea what they were saying. But you can imagine, you know, we'd been up for the full day, we'd had this sort of like little experience of uh, to do with with the hotel. And, and, you know, we were umming and ahhing about coming home, right, to the UK. It was like, oh, it's a big decision, you know, moving back to the UK seven months after we've just left. And it was like, no, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And then, so yeah, we sat on this coach for 14 hours with these guys. And I mean, they prayed for the full 14 hours. We had two, three pit stops. And at those two or three pit stops, they had their own little events, which I won't go into. And then when we arrived at Vancouver and we picked up some of our luggage that we'd left with a friend and then we went to the airport. And when we got to the airport, somehow all of our luggage that we brought with us, we didn't buy any more clothes or anything. But it didn't all fit in and, and weigh the same. So we had to leave loads of our clothes at the airport. And then our flight was delayed for five hours. And then when we did 
get onto the plane, we were actually surrounded by British season workers that had obviously gone over to Canada to work for a season or whatever, you know, ski instructing or something. And they were all, I mean, they were shit-faced. They were paralytic. And one of them starts throwing up just as the plane takes off. And then these two kids behind us, you know, they're punching the screens on the seats where our head was. And they're like going crazy. And, you know, we're just like, oh my God, what is, what is going on? Why are we going back to England? You know, every single thing on that journey back was like screaming, don't go back. This is what is waiting for you back home. People that will punch the headrest behind you and laugh, you know, people that will get on a plane for 10 hours, but they'll spend three hours in an airport beforehand, you know, getting absolutely trashed on, on red wine and then spend the first two hours of the flight throwing up, you know. So we had to move seats because I basically lost my shit, you know, I was like, who the fuck are you punching? Um, so yeah, we had to move seats and we moved to the front of the plane and we were put we paid for extra legroom and then we got put in the smallest seats on the plane and the people in front of us who were about four and five foot reclined their seats all the way back. So we literally had no legroom and we paid for this like extra <laughs> legroom seats and everything. Oh man, it was absolutely crazy. And when I think about it now, like everything that happened was, it was a sign to say, you know, like, hey, maybe you should look at this decision. You know, obviously, we couldn't know any of those things were going to happen. But when I think now, it's like, yeah, it was teaching me. It was teaching me lessons of, you know, patience. And, uh, you know, when I looked at it, when I look at it now, I don't really know what question I could have asked myself that was empowering. You know, like, what good can come from somebody hitting the back of your chair on a 10-hour flight? Do you know, I have no idea. But... Um, what I'm saying is the experiences that you have in life are all set to teach you something. They all come into your life to make you stronger. They come into your life to make you consider things more deeply and repetitive actions, repetitive circumstances that show up will more than likely be because you're asking repetitive questions. And so... What I want you to do is really consider the questions that you're asking yourself on a daily basis because these questions will more or not, more or less um, determine the quality of your life because you are always going to be looking for solutions, right? Your brain is constantly looking for solutions. So doesn't it make sense to ask yourself empowering questions so that you get empowering solutions? And that's where I think we'll leave this episode for today. Because I think if you start looking at empowering questions and empowering solutions immediately, you will start to notice shifts in the way that you, you look at life. You know, maybe start looking at some of the recurring circumstances that have happened in your life. You know, the things that just keep popping up. Doesn't matter what you do, they just keep popping up. And maybe. Try and reframe the questions that you're asking yourself around those situations. Because those, maybe they're little subtle adjustments that those circumstances would then change on a pinhead. Because you've 
asked yourself, you've reframed the situation, you've reframed the questions, and that will allow your brain to work through looking for alternative answers. So if you like this episode, uh, you know, that's what I got for you today. If you like it, subscribe, tell a friend. And like I said, you can follow me over on Instagram at the underscore jason.lee where I drop more content. Um, you know, peak performance coaching is offered there as well. If you drop me a DM and just tell me a little bit about yourself, your situation, and then we'll hop on a call and ask you a few simple questions to see if we think the relationship would be suitable to go ahead. And yeah, so I will see you on the next episode. Uh, Take care and bye for now.